This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, I welcome my friend Rick White from 180 Biz. Rick. Hey, how are you, Carm? I'm great, Rick. I'm trying to remember if it was the overbooked episode or it was one of the coaches' monthly calls that you went on a rant about Michael Phelps and Malored Kavik. Do you remember where to, maybe it was off camera? I, I don't re- quite remember. I'm trying to think. I think it might have been during one of our monthly calls, you know, one of the monthly camp calls. I think you're right. And sometimes it makes the air. And sometimes at the end of the show, we go on for another damn hour. We chat about stuff. Of course, if the coaches have time to do it and we just get into what we should have done this and what about this the next time. And and it really hit me hard where you talked about focus Hey, plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex will build upon the incredible success of Joe's Garage, a full 10-day working environment. If you earn your living in the auto service aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Hey, for over 30 years, Napa Tracks has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the best, most comprehensive SMS in the industry. We'll prove to you that Tracks is the single best shop management system in the business. Find Napa Tracks on the web at N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, you talk about distractions. I think every millisecond in our life, there's a distraction happening to us and it pulls us. It pulls us in some crazy place. And I keep thinking that maybe I could use them when I have to come back to what I was doing to refocus and get better at what I was doing. I keep playing around with it. Okay, all right. I let myself go over here, but I got to get back to here. And what is it that I was doing and why was I doing it? And it's I'm almost playing a game because the incoming is, I don't want to say the word terrible. I know we overuse the words fire hydrant. coming. It's coming at us like water out of a fire hydrant. But you're here to help us in this episode, <laughs> to help us Find our focus. And, and how, how you kind of summed up that Michael Phelps and Malorad Kavik, the seventh gold that Michael Phelps won. And a lot of people said that it's possible that Malorad may have taken his eye off the ball on that one. Yeah, the story goes that Malorad was actually in the lead of the race and he had it. And at the last second, he turned to see where Phelps was in the pool. And that's all Phelps needed was, and he beat him like, by a hundredth of a second. It's just such a great story and illustration for our focus, right? And that's really what I was kind of ranting on the other day when we were talking. And there's distractions all around us today. In fact, we are so distracted and probably the worst distractions like right here. If people understood the amount of psychological behaviors that are built into everything that we go through, well, you think Facebook is free. It's not. It's the most expensive app you have or Instagram or any one of those because it's not free. They want your eyeballs. And the longer they can get your eyeballs, the more profitable they are. So, man, they, they'll tailor content. It's funny. I was watching a Jeff Dunham video the other day on Facebook. And the next day I went through the videos. It must have been 30 Jeff Dunham videos on there. And, and it's because they're paying attention to what I'm watching. But the reality is there's distractions naturally all around us and it's getting bad. I mean, the reality is how many times have you gotten up out of the living room, walked into the kitchen and then went, 
why am I in here? Right? I mean, that happens a lot. And please tell me that's not old age because, yeah, I'm not old yet. Trust me. I mean, the air is gray. The roof is gray. You know, my wife and I argue. I tell her there's a 16-year-old. I am the most experienced 16-year-old you've ever met. My wife says, no, you're 12. And I said, no, I like girls. I'm 16. So it's one of those things where it really does happen. You go into the kitchen. It's like, holy crap, I was coming in here for something. What was it? And it's because our minds are just going everywhere while we're walking. So we got to be able to work on that. And focus is a tool. That's the cool thing about this is focus is a tool and it's a muscle. We can get better at it. So I want to talk that through. The reality is there's natural distractions. You have work, you have, you know, there's, you're too busy, you're too slow. There's not enough help. There's too much help. There's not enough hours. You can't get parts. So you got all this stuff banging around inside your head. Then you got stuff going on at home. And if we don't check it, we end up in a real problem, right? So they've recently done a studies and a goldfish has a bigger attention span than we do. They figured a gold, a goldfish has an attention span of seven seconds. And our attention span is less than seven seconds today. So what I'm realizing is that I've lost already probably 90% of the people watching this podcast. I don't want to hear Rick and Carm rant on stuff. I got to go check my phone. Yeah, I got to, oh, my phone just banged, dinged, right? I got to go look and see what that ding was. Oh, my phone's ringing. I got to tell the audience, we have this incredible conclusion to this. I mean, we're not just ranting, say, oh, okay. They're not telling us anything we don't know, but there is an important storyline here. Hang in there with us. And the truth of the matter is, you would be amazed. I do advisor training and they got a lot of irons in the fire as well. Here they are. They're doing an estimate for a big job and the phone rings. And so what do they do? They stop the estimate and they answer the phone. I'm doing my advisor training and I had said, what do you do when the phone rings? They said, answer it. And I said, why? And they said, what do you mean it's ringing? I said, that's probably the worst reason to answer a phone there, there ever is. Why are you answering the phone? Because it's ringing. And I said, no, if you're working on a $4,000 estimate, let it go to voicemail. You have caller ID, you have voicemail, you can call them back. Get what you're doing done. Stay focused. We have to create bubbles where we're going to stay focused. We have a thing when I'm working with shop owners called schedule your hats. Because today, shop owners have so many different hats they have to wear. But you look like a dumbass when you're wearing all of them at the same time. So you start, you're working on a car and you go, oh, I got to go over this estimate. Oh, before I can do that estimate, I got to go over here and get that part. Before I get that part, oh my gosh, I got to go over here to the system and I got to do this. And it's three hours later and nothing is done. Schedule your hats. You're going to block out times on your day where you're going to be the owner. You're going to be an advisor. You're going to be a technician, whatever you need to do, but you're going to schedule your hats. And by using those hats, right? The position and scheduling time for them, you're creating focus. So there are tools that we can develop with this, but here's the thing. Distractions take your eyes off the prize and that's natural distractions. But here's the thing. You know what the problem is here? You start looking around. We're creatures of comparison and contrast. So we start looking at like, hey, what's the shop down the street doing? Or, hey, did you see this guy? They're going to rent bays and they're going to give tools and they're going to let people do it. Or did you see this guy here? He's advertising. He does parts for hats. And here's what happens. What you just did was you opened the door to your mind. You let that person walk into your mind, close the door and set up shop rent free. It's amazing what worry does to you mentally and physically. But there's an old saying, and I don't remember who said it, but it said, you know, for everything I worried about, only 90% of it never happened. And here's the thing. Worry doesn't make tomorrow better. Worry robs today's joy. 
I think it's important to know what's going on around you, but not lose sleep over it, Rick. And if there is something going on around you, let it be the impotence for you to come back into your world, life, family, business, and kick it up a notch or three. Absolutely. Competition's amazing to have, okay? Because they help you get better. Apple wouldn't be who they are today if it wasn't for Microsoft. It's just a fact. We all need an enemy. We need something that we can look at and say, wow, they're doing this. Or maybe you see somebody start doing something that you've never done before. And you're like, well, that's a good idea. I want to implement something like that in my business. I think competition helps us get better. But I'm a business coach. I've been coaching shops now. I can't believe this for more than 20 years. Back when I started, there were very few coaches. I mean, we're talking, talking very, very few. Yeah, three, five, and usually they were bigger companies. Today, there's a lot more coaches and that's fine. And do you know how much time I spend paying attention to what somebody else does? They're doing their own thing. The worst thing you can do is when you're looking at somebody else is compare and contrast because you've got to be able to understand you guys aren't running a race where you're racing against each other. It doesn't work that way. It's it's funny. I have two top owners that have been with me for a long, long time and I'm working with them to become uh, coaches. And one shop has been in business 28 years. The other shop has been in business eight years. Okay. And we were talking in one of our calls, our training calls, because I'm training them now. It came out, the shop owner with eight years of experience is looking at the guy at 28 years and he's saying, you know, I, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm just so far behind and I'm not as good as, and it is not fair comparison, right? It was not a fair comparison. In fact, it was kind of funny because the shop owner that's been around for eight, year, eight years, they just had a baby. And the shop owner that's been around for 28 years just became a grandfather. And so his daughter walked in with the baby. Well, not to be outdone, the shop owner, the other shop owner, well, I'll see your baby and I'll raise your mind. And then we're talking a couple of minutes later and his wife said something about the eight, the shop owner with eight years experience. His wife said something about the other shop owner being more mature just in business. And this other shop owner, he said, uh, I think my wife just called you old. And I said, well, when you're comparing babies, I just want to make the note here that one was comparing a child and the other one was comparing a grandchild. So we'll leave it at that. You know what I love to call it, Rick? Seasoned. Seasoned. I'm probably overcooked, but seasoned. I like seasoned. I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought. It's it's excellent, but I'm relating to the fact that the younger individual and the more seasoned individual, if you will, play a role in being able to relate to clients that may be in the same place or same position of that. Relatable. It's relatable, right? But at the same time, it's not comparable. I mean, it's not comparable. They're two different things. They're two different races. And here's what I want to say. Number one, when you're watching somebody, it's okay to look around, right? You want to be aware of what strengths and opportunities or what strengths do you have, what opportunities do you have, what weaknesses, threats, that old thing. But don't get let somebody in your head. They're going to do their thing. They're going to make their mistakes. They're going to learn their lessons. But when you start to make it so that they must not do this or they can't do this, What you're doing is you're taking your eye off the prize. You're losing momentum in your shop because instead of swimming your race, you're looking to see what the person next to you is doing, okay? And you want to stop doing that. Let them do their thing. It doesn't matter. Hey, this shop is doing, you know, I'll have a client come in. This shop is doing this or this shop's doing this. And my response every time is, so what? What is that? have to do with what you're doing. And the reality is nothing. 
You've got your own race to run, but that's not fair. They're doing it this way here and I can't do that and stop. One of the things that I've always known is if you steal an idea shamelessly from someone and you bring it inside of you, your organization, it ends up becoming, where'd you come up with that? Well, I I learned it from Rick, but it's not exactly how Rick does it, right? Because it's how I end up doing it. It's part of my culture, my team, my environment, my physical building, the client base we've had, and the person down the street can't do it like you and you can't do it like them. I love the awareness approach. It's it's the smartest thing you could have, but don't lose sleep. No, be aware and say, how can I use this? But don't judge. That's the biggest thing. We judge them. We be decide to say, well, they're doing it wrong. What's wrong? There is no wrong. They're doing it different. And the reality is different is okay. Different is what makes the world go round. If we were all the same, it would be the most boring planet before, you know, ever. You don't, we want unique. We want different. So for me, you want to be able to look at what someone's doing and go, boy, ain't that awesome. And maybe what you do is you look at them smile and go, bless your heart. And you know something, you know how long it took me to realize when I moved down south that bless your heart was not a good day. Bless your heart is the southern way of saying dumbass. I'm just telling you. I didn't know that. Yes. When someone says bless your heart, that is not a compliment. So you look at what they're doing and just smile and go, they'll figure it out. You know what? I got it now because I remember it's always said in a slangish kind of way. Well, bless your heart. Well, bless your heart. You dumbass. What are you thinking? So stop thinking about fair. I mean, didn't we lose fair a long time ago? I mean, I can remember talking to my mom and saying, you know, I was a little kid. Mom, I wasn't fair. And she goes, life's not fair. Life just is. So you got to just, in my opinion, my humble opinion is don't let anyone live in your head rent free. Don't let any situation or circumstance live in your head rent free because it takes you off of the prize. When you start staring at the problem, you are no longer shooting for the prize which is being your best, getting to where you want to go, right? So you've got to be able to step back. And what I do sometimes, because I'm a human. I mean, some people don't think so, but I'm a human being. I actually have a timer built into my watch. It's 90 seconds long. And this is my reaction timer. So I'll go into my timer. Somebody or something will happen. I'm not happy about it. I will set my timer for 90 seconds. I will jump up and down. I will rant. I will pick things. I will swear. And then when that timer goes up at 90 seconds, my question is, what am I going to do about it? Because ultimately, everything else doesn't matter. There's an old saying that says, it's not what happens to you. It's how you perceive what happens to you. They shut down the road in front of your shop. Sucks. What are you going to do about it? Right? There's a competitor opens up two doors down. Suck. What are you going to do about it? And here's a better one. What could you have done about it? Why did you rent those bays out yourself and keep a competitor going in there? But whatever, we're not going to go there, right? So these are the things that you can start to look at. It's just like, what am I going to do about this? That's, I'm going here and I'm here and I hit a hiccup. It's like people expect you go into business and I'm going to wait until everything's perfect to get going. But that's like getting in your car in the morning and waiting for all the lights to turn green before you go to work. The reality is there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be challenges. And those are what make us better. Think of all the giant success stories when we're in vision. And I love, you know, some of the best times in vision of the other shows, ASPE's coming up. I'm really excited for that. 
is the bar. When you're sitting at night and talking and you're sharing the war stories, listen, we don't talk about the stories that said, oh, I got up in the morning and I made a call and I sold a $15,000 job. It was awesome. We don't talk about those. We talk about the stories that have conflict. We talk about the stories with adversity and how we overcame them. That's when success tastes the sweetest. Look at Steve Jobs. He starts Apple with Steve Wozniak, you know, with Wozniak and he gets fired. He gets fired from Apple. And then he starts a little company called Pixar. Great story. And then he gets called back to Apple because they're almost bankrupt. And he turns it around. What a great story it is. Andy Andrews calls them second acts. Like some people have second acts where they have one moment of greatness and then they have a second moment of greatness. Just think about Winston Churchill had a really big win in the early 20s and then he kind of bailed at some stuff. And then he was back for World War II. Think about actors, William Shatner. William Shatner did Star Trek for three years and then couldn't get a job because of Star Trek. But think about it. What other major plays did he have in his career? T.J. Hooker. He played a cop for years on T.J. Hooker. That was a second act. Then he went to Boston Legal. Third act. We have all this capacity and this ability. We just got to be aware of it. Hey, Carm here. And remember, if you earn your living in the automotive aftermarket, then Apex is for you. And I've got great news. Registration for Apex 2023 is open and there's an early bird deal until June 2023. Register for only $40. The very special space inside Apex is Joe's Garage and it's growing strong with special displays from our industry's best companies. You'll find working bays with the latest in equipment and tools. And Apex just finalized the training schedule for owners, technicians, and service advisors. Apex will have the industry's top class and trainers in a new setting this year. Each year, the classes sell out. So get signed up at aapexshow.com. And a highlighted Apex is meeting top industry execs ready to talk with you about your business needs, parts, programs, and tools. Also plan on spending time in the garage with the 10 working bays and the latest diagnostic tools, shop management systems, tire servicing, and demonstrations from the best tool and equipment companies. So plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Head to aapexshow.com and I'll see you there. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napa Tracks was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. We provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. Napa Tracks offers the industry's best post-sale support, hands down, and we train your people on-site. Yep, on-site. And we offer remote refresher training 10 times a week, and customer support is open six days a week. Give us a call, visit the website, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. We'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napa Trax is always customized and tailored for you, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. I love the second act concept. I love it. Andy Andrews, by the way, what a tremendous speaker and a great author. I read The Traveler's Gift and I remember seeing the video on the butterfly effect, his speech. It may, it may have been 45 minutes long. Very inspirational. If you're going to read any of Andy Andrews' books, listen to them. 
he does such a great job. He changes his voice for the different characters. I mean, it's just amazing. Thanks for bringing that up. Andy Andrews is one of my must-reads. Traveler's Gift is Required Reading in Our Coaching. And it just is, The Seven Decisions, right? It's just such a great book. So we've got to get away from this. So what I want you to do, the first thing, you know what, why you're having problems with focus? I want to start talking about this. Number one, it's because you don't have a destination. Now, what do I mean by destination? A goal. I found, though, that when I start talking about goals, people's eyes tend to roll back into their heads. But if I talk about where are you going, what do you want at the end of the year? We can have a conversation about that. It's a lot easier. So you need a destination. You need a destination because then that destination, it creates blinders. It creates focus as long as I pay attention to where I'm going. So the first thing I need is a destination. Here's the second thing I want to do. If you get nothing else out of this entire talk, and I'm actually thinking I should have done this in the first seven seconds so people heard it. But anyway, when we start to think about a goal, Parm, I'm going to ask you a question. Tell me a goal for this year. Tell me a goal that you've had. Me? One of my goals? To work less. Okay. So once you say that, what's the second question that comes up? How? How? And it is absolutely the worst question to ask yourself. Exactly. I should ask, well, it goes back to who is going to do that work for me. There's better questions than that. Yeah, you're right. Here's what happens. If I say I want to double my sales and I go to how, I immediately think I got to work twice as hard. I got to get as twice as many customers. I got to get my stresses going up. And I just go, you know something? I'll do this later. Here's the second question you need to ask yourself. Why is this important? Truly, I was going to say the why, but I, anyway, we're, we're working on some plans ourselves, but you're right. Why? Well, what does that give me? It gives you purpose. It gives you a reason. Let me explain to you real quick the power of why. I've come to your house. You're having a cookout in the middle of August when you're having a snowstorm. And I drive there and I bring two concrete cinder blocks and I bring a 12 foot two by 12. So you're looking at me a little strange. You said, bring something. I brought something. And I set up the two cinder blocks 12 feet apart. I put the board on top of it. And I say, Carm, you and your guests, anybody that starts on this end, on this end over here and walks across the 12 feet on the board and gets off over here, I'll give you $100. How many people do you think would be in line to do that? None. Why? Because it's not safe. Why? It's on the, they're just on cinder blocks. Well. It's on the ground. You're going to fall 12 inches. You're accepting the fact that, okay, I'll get on it because I want to fall because it's going to sag in the middle and I'm going to lose my balance. No, no, it carries me. If it carries me, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's a two by 12, right? So it's 12 inches wide. I can walk across that. That's not a big deal. So they get a hundred bucks. So now let's go into downtown Buffalo and we're going to find two buildings, 10 stories high, and it's going to 12 foot alley. And we're going to put that board across the two buildings. And I'm going to say, tell you what, start on this side, walk across the other side. I'll give you a hundred bucks. I'm going to have a lot less takers then. This would be true. Would you agree? Yes. Right? Because we're all envisioning the landing, which is going to hurt, right? When I see my insides coming out of my mouth is my last thing I see. That is not a sight I want to see. So now let's say same two buildings, same 12 foot gap, same board. You're on one building. Your granddaughter is on the other building and that building's on fire. Are you going to go across the board? Absolutely. That is the power of why. If you don't have a strong enough why, you won't get what you need done. Here's another thing, and this is something to write down. When your why is strong enough, the how doesn't matter. And that's why we don't achieve goals in our industry because we, number one, we don't set a destination. But number two, we don't sit down and figure out why is this important? And the why has got to be 100% emotional. It's got to be big deal, okay? It's got to really resonate with you, okay? So that's the second question. Here's the third question you ask. What happens if it stays the same? So to create our destination, where do I want to go? Why do I want to go there? What happens if I don't? And my goal is to put as much into that as I possibly can. By doing that, 
I'm creating leverage. I'm creating pull motivation because I'm going towards something, something that I really want, the why, but I'm also getting push motivation, which is away from the pain. Uh, we, I think we call that, what was that, carrot and stick, right? I'm, I'm using the carrot and the stick intentionally to help me achieve my goal. Now, when I have those three questions asked, I ask how and I ask who, and it makes all the difference in the world, okay? But the first thing you got to do to help create focus is your destination and your purpose. If you are, and this is going to sound bad, and I apologize, I mean, you're going to think I'm a jerk, but for those of you listening, there's a young loved one in your life, kid, you know, your son, your daughter, your granddaughter, your grandson, nephew, niece. Let's say I kidnap them. You've been doing $500,000 a year in sales for 10 years. You've always said you wanted to do a million, you know, Austin Powers, million dollars. So I kidnap your child and I send you a picture with a gun to their head and say, if you don't have a million dollars in sales by the end of the year, I'm going to blow their brains out. What's going to happen? You will get a million dollars in sales. Get the why. Understand what it is. Okay. That is going to create focus. Okay. The destination is so critical. I remind myself three times a day where I'm going this year. I get up in the morning. I write my goals down. I stop at lunch. I write my goals down and I write my goals every night and I write them down. And I do that just to keep them firmly planted in my head so that I'm staying focused. Okay. Now using a reaction alarm is a great way to stay focused. We're a human being react but put a time limit to it. That's a great focus tool. Schedule blocks of time in your day. If you have multiple positions you're you're filling right now in your shop, schedule blocks of time. Here's a great one. Let's say you've got to be the advisor and the owner. So you say, okay, I'm going to come in at 6.30 in the morning and from 6.30 to 7.30, I'm going to be the owner. And then from 12 to 1, I'll be the owner. And then from 5 to 6, I'll be the owner. But in between that, I'll be the advisor. So now something comes up, it's owner material. I just write it down and I save it for my owner block. Now, here's another thing. Salesmen are distractions. If you're an advisor, you need to understand if you're in the advisor role, you need to understand that that salesman is getting paid to interrupt your day so he can make money. Do it on your terms. I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. Can you come between 12 and 1? I can't come between 12 and 1. I'm sorry, I can't talk to you now. I'm sorry, we can't do business, right? There is such, such a cool thing. A lot of owners figure that out, Rick. I've heard that more often than not, where in mostly the bigger shops, where you want to walk around and talk to the, the shop foreman and some of the Texas is ah, wrong. Here's when you come and salesmen have to figure it out. Tool guys, everything. You can set it up. Stop allowing distractions that you can control into your shop. You want to create a distraction free workplace. In my opinion, if I had a shop today, we would have lockers for these and these would get locked up. Interesting, Rick. You don't encourage owners to allow techs to bring their cell phone? Nope. When you think of the gravity of what we do with cars, you got a tech that's working on wheels or brakes and he gets a text and he stops what he's doing and then he gets where he was at and he misses a piece. We could literally kill somebody. Now, I saw the lockers. I did a tour of the BG plant in Wichita, Kansas. I was out there doing some training and where I was, I'm working with a BG rep doing training for them as well. And he set it up so I could go through the plant. And when you walked in the door, of the facility, right on the left-hand side was this big box of lockers. And they were only like this big. And I'm like, what are those for? And they had a key with a little rubber, you know, a little squirrely rubber band, you know, on it. He goes, oh, that's where they put their phones. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just fell in love with this company. So it's super important. So, well, yeah, but my guys use their phones for their inspections. Get company phones with no cell service and use them so they can do the the inspections. That way their customer data, your software system and everything is not on their personal phones. 
You just don't need that on there. It's just a security issue. I'm dealing with a shop owner right now that has to get rid of a toxic employee that has been dealing with clients on his cell phone for years. And she's really concerned about what's going to happen, how many people she's going to lose when she lets him go, because he's going to have access to all these people on his cell, on his personal cell phone. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous thing to do. So you want to remove as many distractions as you can. I'm going to tell you that at one point we had a situation where we had a tech working on a car. I don't like telling this story. It's a bunch of humble pie. And this young lady picks it up. She's got a newborn baby, calls us about 40 minutes later and her wheel fell off. Right rear wheel fell right off the car. Thankfully, she wasn't going down a highway or anything like that. It was on a side street. Well, did some digging and what happened was the tech was working on the job. Advisor came out, asked him to go do something. And the technician said, okay, I got to put the wheels back on. And then when he came back, he goes, okay, the wheels are back on, right? He missed a step and he ended up getting interrupted. It caused a distraction and the distraction made a mistake. Well, whenever you're going to get interrupted, whether you're an advisor, an owner, or a tech, I want you to do two things before you stop what you're doing. Number one, I want you to write down what you just did. Let's say I'm writing an estimate and I'm doing breaks. So what did you just do? I just entered the labor. What do I got to do next? That's the second thing I'm going to write down. I've got to add the pads and rotors. So now I get interrupted. I do what I'm doing over here. I come back and bam, I'm right there. Why? Because they've found interruptions. It can take you upwards of 23 minutes to get back in the groove again. So this is another focus hack. I hope you guys are seeing this. And gals, I'm from the Northeast. So if I say guys, it's a non-gender specific term, but I'm sprinkling focus ideas and focus strategies that are going to help you throughout this, right? So train your staff. Hey, if I come over and say, hey, I need to talk to you. One sec, boss. I just did this. I'm going to do this next. Yep. What's up? Now I've got it. And that helped us immensely. The other thing we did was we talked about, we talked to the advisor about interrupting people. If they're working on a job, leave them be. If I've got a chat tech working on a $3,000, $4,000 job and a state inspection or an oil service comes in, I'll be damned if I'm taking that tech off that $4,000 job to do an oil service. They happen, right? And it's not happening. We need to work on our scheduling. So we're limiting distraction, right? If you could almost think of it as an owner, part of your job is almost to be like a goalie and you're there to stop the puck of distraction to getting into your goal, right? I don't know if that's a good analogy or not. So I think that's super, super cool. So creating your destination and your purpose, create focus. Blocking out time and scheduling your positions, that helps with focus. Being able to write down what you just did and what you didn't do, what you're going to do next, that's a way to create focus. Removing distractions away from the technicians and the advisors. Like one of the biggest complaints I get is my advisors sitting on the counter playing on their phone. What is an advisor there to do? They're there to sell work and they're there to get work, right? They're there to fill the pipeline and they're there to Rick, the argument is that life goes on. It's complicated today. We all need to be highly in communicative touch with our family. I mean, we could have things going on, doctor's appointments, uh, test results. How do we give that support of life that goes on and no cell phones? So believe it or not, Carm, I think you come from the same period or around the same period. We, like, I remember how big my first cell phone was, right? You could carry it. It was a bag phone, they called it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it was 50 cents a minute. You didn't call people, let me tell you. So back then, how did people get a hold of us, Carm? We call the landline. They would call the shop. They would call the shop, right? But here's the thing. If you're spouse or significant other or whatever it is knows they're going to call the shop and your boss is going to be aware of when they're getting a hold of you, there's going to be less trivial interruptions. 
Okay. I won't argue with that. They can still get a hold of you. And by all means, you know, if somebody has little Johnny Falls and he's going to the doctors or the emergency room, by God, call the shop. Let us know. We're going to let you go and get right over there and be there with them. But the constant interruptions, the ding and the bing and the bang and the wing and the zinging, we have been psychologically conditioned to respond to those things because they give us a dopamine hit. We're listening to the right ringtone. What could this be? Is this Facebook? Is this Instagram? Is it email? Is it a text? You know, Rick, to your point, it's almost like there's another track constantly running in the back of your mind, taking you from a solid focus on what it is that you should be doing, waiting for. And I have to tell you something. I think in commercials, in certain TV shows, they put those kinds of sounds that we've been so used to on our phone in the track, in the music or voice track of shows to do this to us. Yes. You know what they were doing 40 years ago, Ken? And I bet you not, you weren't aware of it. You have the show and you're watching it and it's at this volume level. The commercial was at this volume level. They had to legislate that, by the way. Yeah, they had to say the commercial can't be any louder than the TV show. But I don't think they ever got that done until the 80s. We would get up and go to the bathroom or get something to eat. But the commercial stayed with us because it was so damn loud. It drew your attention. See, the most precious commodity you have is your attention, your focus. And the reality is social media, and there's a great show on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Please watch it. They are buying for your attention because that's what they're selling people. They're selling people things you watch, the posts you make, the pages you follow. Like Facebook could say, I know the two people in the deep dark South that like Joe Biden and do this and do that. It's just, it's amazing what they're aware and they sell that. So if you're going to use social media, don't just be a pawn to it. Don't be, you know, subservient to it, but use it intelligently. Use it intelligently. It's so important to do. Now, do I give myself time? My wife laughs. I'll be, there'll be a time for maybe a half hour or an hour at the end of the day where I might be full. I'm just shooting through Facebook reels. I love watching the little reels and Honestly, I've got it to the point where it kind of keeps going on stuff. I like it again, feeding my mind and stuff. So I'm not getting crap, but I'll send her a reel and I'll say, wow, this was awesome. And she's like, will you please stop? And I'm like, nope. You know, like I, it's okay to give yourself that time. That's your juice. Your juice is that. I mean, you found your focus. You've limited the time that you're going to spend on it. I get all that. One of the things that you said was that your competitor is your past performance, not the shop down the street. I love that quote. Yes. Thank you. And the reason for this is, and it's a great book, it's called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And if you listen to him, he actually got that from a podcast that he listened to from, I believe it was like a Catholic priest or something like that, or it was some kind of uh, minister that talked about the infinite game. So finite games have a start and they have rules and you keep score. That's a finite game. Okay. Like I was watching this one episode with a boxer with Johnny Carson. It was back in the seventies and he was fighting somebody and they were talking about it. I read it in a book and I said, I want to watch it. And the guy said, I didn't lose the match. I just ran out of rounds. If I had five more rounds, I could have done it. I could have won it. You know what I mean? But that's the gift of a finite game. The mistake we make is thinking that life in business is a finite game. It's not. It's an infinite game. 
And an infinite game, what it means is the only goal in an infinite game is to be here tomorrow, right? And to be here tomorrow and the day after and the day after. That's an infinite game. So when you start comparing yourself and thinking about it as a race or whatever the case is, you end up in a situation where we talked about earlier, where you're making unfair comparisons, right? And whenever you compare, there's one of two things that are going to happen. Either you're going to feel like, wow, they're a lot better than I am. I'm going to work really hard and get better. You do that for a little bit. You don't see a difference and then you give up. Or you compare yourself and they're here and you're here and you're thinking, man, look at that. We're doing so much better. Guess what happens? You slow down. If you're going to compare yourself, don't compare yourself to others. Don't compare yourself to improvement because that's another dangerous thing. Look at this. I'm getting a little better. I'm getting a little better. My foot is never on the gas pedal all the way. Compare yourself to your potential. If you compare yourself to your potential, you will never run out because your potential is always going to be moving forward. Never get comfortable is something that I think there's a point in time where you can sit on the back deck with a your favorite drink or cocktail, enjoy the beautiful day, the weather, the scenery. And that's the comfort level that maybe you need to have. Enjoy it. Go on vacation. Come back and put comfort just a little bit behind you. You know, make that 80-20 rule. Comfort at 20, 80 is my rocking. <laughs> just go, go, go. People think the comfort zone is bad. It's not. The comfort zone is a place where you recharge. A comfort zone is a place where you recover, rest, and reinforce, right? I just went out here and I did this. You know what happens when I push myself into the learning zone and the growth zone? I'm expanding my comfort comfort zone. My comfort zone is getting bigger, right? That's what I want. When people get stuck in the comfort zone, think Al Bundy on the couch, right? And down the pain. Your comfort zone gets smaller over time. And I, it gets to be what I call the cage zone because you actually get trapped. So you want to be pushing yourself, but be comfortable. Spend time doing stuff. My wife and I, we will, at the end of the night, right now we're binge watching NCIS. We go on Paramount, we watch NCIS shows. But it's something we both like to do and we enjoy it. I don't feel guilty doing that. But it's because the rest of the day, I'm working my ass off, right? I'm, I'm staying focused. I know where I'm going and I'm doing that work, okay? Boy, you and Brenda sound like me and Anne. It's amazing. Do we? Yeah, because it may come out of the office at sometimes later than I really wanted to. We have so many great things going on. And then she says, so what do you want to do for numbness? Oh. <laughs> he says, okay, well, we've watched NCIS the whole damn series on Netflix once. Let's start from the beginning again. As much as it may be, I know the storyline and I don't, it's something that for us gives us some com some comfort. And absolutely, and there's some different Shows that you can watch. Like I just watched Netflix, Arnold. It's three episodes. It's really good. It's called what? Arnold? Arnold on Arnold Schwarzenegger. It talks about the, is three acts. It's really good. There's another one. Oh, what's the, oh, Ted Lasso on Apple TV is just a great life show to watch. You can get so much wisdom from that show. I finished watching the three seasons. I'm going back and starting again. There's leadership lessons and there's life lessons and just such great perspective. So there's things that you can do that you can enjoy and still watch and learn at the same time, right? You can reflect on it, but it's okay to have downtime. And I want to make sure when I say, you know, you want to stay focused, it doesn't mean stay focused all the time. We're not built for that. We're not built to learn and grow all the time. We've got to have plateaus in our lives that allow us to recharge, recover, and reinforce what got us to this plateau. You gotta have that. 
So what I want you to understand is that you're running an infinite game. Your competitor is not your, it's not the guy down the street. It's how did you do yesterday? That's really where this comes from. How can you do your best today knowing you're going to do better tomorrow? So many times I talk to shop owners and they're feeling such like, like they feel like they're gasping for air, like someone's joking them, whether it's situation, circumstances, whatever, how they positioned it. But nine times out of 10, what's choking them is they got their own beat on their throat. Unfair expectations, unfair, unrealistic goals, no goals, poor focus, et cetera. And they're gasping for air not realizing they're choking themselves. Being able to step back, be patient with yourself, be kind to yourself, set a destination. See the fun and the challenge in it. When was the last time somebody went to work and had fun? How cool is that? I have to tell you, if work isn't fun, then get the hell out. I think a lot of the stress that we create, I mean, there's a lot of outside stress influence. I get that. We have to be open for some of that to come in to deal with. But stop making your own stress. Yeah. So it's funny. I was talking to a a client yesterday and we're talking about timekeeping and it's to implementing timekeeping in their shop. They're a a well-run shop on a 10-hour day. They're getting six hours a day build. And they're looking at that going, holy crap, like they never realized that that was where it was at. And I'm like, let's start this. And she goes, well, how do I do that? And I said, well, what you're going to do is say, hey, listen, guys, again, ladies, non-gender specific. So guys, here's the scoop. I think, Carmen, I think you're a great tech. You should be billing 10 to 12 hours a day. And I want you to understand right now you're billing like six, but I want you to understand, I don't think this is a you issue. I think this is an us issue. And I need your help. Four of the most powerful words you can use in leadership. I need your help. I need your perspective. There are things that are going on in the business that are preventing you from billing the hours that you should be billing. Would you help me with this? I kind of coached them on how to say it. But then I'm talking to the owner last night and she says, I don't want their pushback. And I said, you know, that's funny. If she goes, what's that? I said, I'm calling it help. You're calling it pushback. Yeah. You think the word might have something to do with it? What if you said, wow, they're going to help me. They're going to point out issues. I say, you have a productivity bucket with holes. They're going to help me find the holes. You're calling that pushback. I call that help. I can't help but think of where the culture in that business needs to go to so that people know that they can be a quality contributor to the work they do every day. Wow. Look at this. I fixed this. I helped. We. There's nothing like being more proud of going to a place knowing you had something to do with it. To do with it. But here's the thing. Like as any other owner, I'm afraid that if I push, they're going to rebolt, they're going to quit, and I'm not going to have the help. Do you see where worry and fear take us off of our focus? I want you all to think back to the very first day you had the key in your hand. And for the very first time, like I get so excited just even thinking about it, right? For the very first time, you're going to slide the key in the door and you're unlocking the door, not to a building, not to your shop, not to your business, but to your future. You're going to take over the world. This is going to be the land of milk and honey. All you saw was potential. Fast forward six months, six years, 60 years. I don't know what it is. And here you are, miserable, burnt down, frustrated, disillusioned, bitter. Do you know the only thing that's different is your focus? The reality is life is one big garden. And there are two plants in that garden. The first is potential and the second is problems. When you opened up the door on the first day, all you saw, all you were paying attention to was the potential. Now, the problems were still there, okay? The problems were still there. Fast forward to today and all you see are problems. But here's the thing, the potential is still there and it's just begging for you to pay attention to it. Now, 
I don't believe in being an optimist. An optimist to me is not somebody that says there's no weeds, there's no weeds, there's no weeds. An optimist is somebody that says there are weeds, I can handle them, right? While staying focused on the potential. Yes, we're going to have challenges. Yes, we're going to have obstacles. Yes, we're going to have setbacks. But believe it or not, those are what help us grow and become a better version of ourselves so that our vision, our, our business can grow as well. Wow. I think that's a great ending. Love it. I'm relating to so many of the things that you said, Rick. Appreciate that. I think in a couple of cases, I so can relate to everything that you said. And I think this was a great lesson for shop owners to reevaluate and rethink and refocus for them. And it all started with our discussion on Michael Phelps and Malored Kavik. One for 100th of a second. Michael Phelps, that's point zero one. Think about that. Michael Phelps won his seventh gold. And to your point, Rick, it's you just can't take your eye off the ball, or off the prize, off of your focus. Remember what's important. Remember, you know, Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. It's one of the seven habits. And put first things first. These are both focused habits. And getting a coach, if you need a coach, there are a lot of great coaches out there because your whole life, your parents were telling you what to do or a boss was telling you what to do. And you're up here and there's nobody there to hold you accountable. There's nobody there to say, hey, you need to go this way or you want to go this way. Get a coach. That's another way you can get more focus. But the big thing here, my final thought is get up, telling yourself you're going to do your best every single day. And your best is going to go up and down based on different things. That's human. That's the human experience. That's normal. Okay. We're not expecting this. It doesn't work like that. That's not real, right? It's this. It's like this. But as long as it's trending this way, that's all we want. So get up knowing you're going to do your best every single day and expect to do better tomorrow. I love the metaphors you constantly use in the, in the quotes. Thank you so much. And to your point about trending, there will be a bump in the road. It's like the stock market. It's not always going to have a straight trending line. Hey, thanks so much. One of the industry's best coaches at 180biz.com, Rick White. Always, thank you so much for sharing, my friend. Hey, Prom, I appreciate being able to get out there. I appreciate the platform and we've always been a longtime supporter. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And everybody, I'm just going to give you the old tagline. Want you to have fun, right? And I want you to go make some money. Take care. Perfect. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.